0: the Lord. What time we got, everybody? What time is it? All right, time for the Word. Amen. I don't know if Pastor Joe's around. PJ, can you cue up that song Uh, that's called God Over Money? God Over Money. You guys know that rapper, that local rapper? Bizzle. I think he's from the Compton area. Is that right? So, Pastor, just let me know when you cue that up. Because what we're going to talk about today is a biblical truth. And it's something that I believe, if we're not careful, we can get away from very, very fast. How many of you know that You can't serve God and mammon. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. You can only have one master. And I believe that we, the body of Christ, I believe our ears are open, our hearts are open, and our minds are being softened to what God wants to say to us and speak to us and making sure that we respond to the word of God so that we could get back to what God has called us to do and whom God has called us to be as the church. So as you can, as you can tell, by following the lyrics, and some of you are like, that's not my cup of tea. I don't really like that kind of music. That's okay. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Bizzle is a poet, and he brings the word of God to this generation in such a way that they can grab onto it, hold onto it, comprehend. What are the biblical truths that need to be communicated to this next generation? And his point is very plain and very simple. It's God over money. How many of us start off, or how many organizations, um, you could even talk about the church, We, we start off with the right intentions, but then guess what happens? We deviate from the plan. We deviate from the plan that God has in store for us, and if our heart was in the right place, very quickly, if we're not careful, we could end up in a completely different area code. We can can end up in a completely different zip code and and then realize all of a sudden, how did we get here? How did it become about something else? How did we get confused or start to take a detour to get away from what God had intended for us in the very first place? Are you tracking with me thus far? Our theme for this month is community impact. Turn to your neighbor and say, impact the community. It's our creative way of communicating a very basic principle that God wants us to be about serving him and serving one another. And we're a a very religious folk. We're a very dedicated and committed people, the church. You can say that we're very pious and that we pray and that we sing, we worship, we read the word of God, we study the word of God. But what good does all of that do us if we're not actually allowing the word of God to change us and to change the way we think and to change the way we act? You want to know what? If you say love God and love people, we're not loving people above all things, but we're, we're learning to, to learn how to love people. To love them through actions. To love people through actions. And that is what the prophet Isaiah is calling us to in Isaiah chapter 58. So would you please open your Bible with me to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Pastor Koba kicked off the message last week in our English service. Pastor Frank in our Spanish service And we're going to continue right along in the Word of God in Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. And today, I would like to, to wrap our message around this idea of doing justice and treating people right, treating people fairly, because the Word of God today not only speaks to those who are in a position of oppressor, but also to those who are in the position of oppressed. Those who exploit, somebody say exploit, and those who are exploited. So today, you guys, today I want to bring the word of God straight from my heart, and God's been just, laying this heavenly upon my heart because I believe we need the word of God to bring some correction in our lives, in our culture, the way we do business, the way we run our businesses, the way we lead the church, the way we engage with the community. The way we work. The way, you go to, the way you go to work. I believe God wants to speak to all of these situations and think. God put this in my heart the other night. How many of you remember that scripture that Jesus said the Sabbath was not made for man? Uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. How many of you remember that passage? Raise your hand if you know that passage. The Sabbath was made for man to enjoy it, not the man made for Sabbath. So the Sabbath was not meant to be over man. God created mankind, and he created the Sabbath for man to enjoy. Does that make sense? It's in, another, in other words, if you're a workaholic, and you don't know how to turn the phone off, if you don't know how to pull it, put it in the technology drawer at home to give the kids the 100 percent undivided attention that they need, then guess what? You may be a workaholic, and you don't want to miss that, that business call, and you don't want to miss making that money, and, and because and because you want to make sure that you you take advantage of, of the getting while the getting is good. How many of y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about today? But watch this. God put this in my spirit. In the same way the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, Watch this. Work was made for man and not man for work. Work was a result of the disobedience of mankind towards God in the Garden of Eden. Because of our disobedience, God says, now, you know what, brother? You're going to work and toil and labor in the field through weeds, through thistles, through thorns, by the sweat of your brow, and women, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to have pains and childbirth. And so we look and we say, no, nah, man, work is good. Work is to make money. Work is so that I got what I need. Work is so that I can go get the toys that I want. Work is so that I can go and, 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 and do all the things, basically, that I want to do. Yes, amen, all of that is good and great. But what good is working if you can't enjoy it? What good is working if you work until you're 55 and you drop dead from a heart attack because of high blood pressure, because of too much stress, and because, frankly, your family's falling apart, your, your husband or your wife want nothing to do with you, and you're, the, you or your spouse is already working on your second or your third marriage because you can't seem to keep things together because we worship work and the almighty dollar. Oh, I'm married to my career. Okay, great. Your career won't be there at your funeral. Your your job will not be there at your funeral. The people that you were meant to love and cherish and care for and travel with and enjoy and be with, they're going to be the ones scrambling together to, to make sure that they make ends meet, to give you a proper burial, to give me a proper burial. I ain't mad. I am not angry. I am convicted. I am convicted. Work was meant for man, not man for work. You weren't meant to to become a slave to work. Even if you make money, you could be a slave to work. You could be a slave to that dollar per hour Job that you got and that you're blessed with. I got to pay the bills. I got to take care of my family. What good is it to do all that when your family wants nothing to do with you anymore? Pastor Josh, you're being too mean. I ain't being mean. I'm convicted. I'm talking to those who exploit, and I'm talking to those who are exploited. And I believe we all been exploited by the system. I believe we've all been exploited by this this sin, this evil called money, especially if we don't have the proper perspective. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about because God touched us up. God slowed us down. God chastised us at one point or another. God disciplined us at one point or another because he said, at this rate, you're going to lose it all, my friend. At this point, my friend, I don't care how many jobs you got, guess what? Your kids ain't going to want nothing to do with you because you were never there. Oh, but you worked hard, but your work ain't there when you're pushing up daisies when I die. Some of y'all are like, the Pastor, no, I was coming to church today, and my, my answer to that is no. No. I just know what God Planted in my spirit that I was convicted through and through my being. Holy Spirit's been watering it. God's been adding some, some vitamin. What is it? What's the sun? What does it get? Vitamin D? Vitamin E? Oh, vitamin C. All right. Vitamin A, B, C, D, E, F, G. All of it. God just continually just send everything right there and say, this is the word of God. You want to impact your community, then make sure our community understand our church and, and our community understands the word of God so that we can understand what true prayer, true fasting, and true f- worship really is. Let's go to the text. Isaiah chapter 58. Shout it aloud, the Lord says. Do not hold back, Isaiah. Raise your voice like a trumpet, Pastor Josh. People of God, declare to my people their rebellion. Declare what? Declare what? Rebellion. Declare to my people their rebellion. To the house of Jacob their sins. There's somebody say sin. Sin is real, you guys. And sometimes. We're neck high in it, and we don't even know because we've been a part of something because we learned it, because things were passed down to us. But sometimes God needs us to unlearn things. Can I hear an amen? That's called discipleship. That's called discipleship. When we rightly make Jesus our master and we become his servant, we become only a slave of Jesus, a slave of Yeshua, and nobody else, nothing else. Oh, but I got to work because I got to take care of my family. Good. Well, don't worship your family then. Worship God only. You want to worship him? You want to get things right? Let the word of God speak to your life. God will help you order everything to where you'll have a better relationship, a better standing, you'll be more successful, you'll be happier, you'll be less stressed, you'll be running around happy, lighting your feet. You know what I'm saying? You'll be like, your kids will want to be around you, your wife will want to talk to you, you'll go on vacation, you'll, dra- you'll travel cross country and just unplug from everything and be like, we're going on a cross country cruise for 30 days and we're going to enjoy the blessings that God country offers. Some of us never took a vacation in our careers. Well, I'm going to add it all up when I retire. You sound like the fool who said, let's build greater barns and let's build greater silos and so I can store all of the money and all of the seed and all of the fruit of all the increase that I have. And Jesus says, you fool. You plan for tomorrow, yet tomorrow is not promised. Today, your life will be required of you. That means we've been putting our trust in our 401K. Trust in that retirement that you want to experience that may never come. Oh, beloved, please, hearken unto the word of God today. The prophet Isaiah is speaking loudly and clearly for all of us to listen, and I'm the first who is convicted of it. For day after day they seek me out, God said. Speaking of the church. Somebody say the church. God was speaking about the church. People that think they're doing right. People that think they're making wise decisions. People that think they're being led by the Holy Spirit. People that think they're, they're doing right by others. Until we finally realize and understand that we've been having it all wrong. Or we've been getting it partly right and, and partly wrong. But God wants, God wants us, to, if we listen and if we pay attention and if we allow the Holy Spirit to get in there, y'all know what I'm talking about when I say get all up in there? To get all up in there so we can say, God, I want to get it right. He's like, Jesus, God's like, you want to get it right? Watch this. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. They act like they want to do right. They act like they want to listen. They act like they want to obey. Watch this as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Oh, God, come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own special way. Hey, are you taking a break? You're getting water? Get back to work. Sounds like the Egyptian slavery system that, that the Israelites suffered. Oh, you want you want your people to be let go? Remove the straw from the bricks. Send the people back into the fields and make them continue to work and double their workload. And make sure that they produce twice as much as they did before with less resources. Amen. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed, God? This is the people a rhetorical question that the people were asking in this conversation between God and the prophet. Yet on the day of your fasting, piety, religiosity, watch this. You do as you please and exploit all of your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. He says, you can keep being as spiritual or as religious as you think here on Sunday. But if you ain't listening to the word of God and you are not changing your heart, and if we are not changing our ways, and if we are not putting in check the way that the world is and removing ourselves from a system that's got everybody slaves to money. And guess what? God is... Not going to hear our prayers. God's not going to show up and do miracles. God's not going to supernaturally do do and perform the healing that we want to see done. God's not going to bring the transformation in our lives. God's not going to be able to use us as a people completely or fully until we understand what He is trying to say to us. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm convicted. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed at church in prayer? And for lying on sackcloth and ashes to act or pretend like we're sad and we're truly grieving and the Holy Spirit conviction is truly not there? but we're going through the motions of pretending and acting like if, like if we, we really hear God and if we're really brokenhearted by the things that we do, the things that, that have been done to us and the things that we're okay with and the things that we allow to keep happening and keep taking place. That's what the prophet Isaiah was bringing to the people that God spoke to him. He says, is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? People of God, are, you, are y'all with me? Are you following the word of God today? Parents, we have got to address some things. Otherwise, our kids are going to fall into the same system, the same ugly, vicious cycle of being slaves to work, slaves to the almighty dollar just to work another hour. Ought to go back and do it the, the next day, over and over again, until we die. That's not the way. Look. Here it is, verse 6. It's not this kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and break every yoke, what does that mean, Pastor? What does it mean to break every yoke? Pastor, what does it mean to lose the chains of injustice? We're talking about it. God is showing you right now. God's showing you and revealing to you right now what that means. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Do you know why these references to the yoke? Because people that worked hard hard labor and worked in the fields, had to make sure that the yoke of the oxen were placed there to continue the work day after day, plowing the fields by the sweat of their brow. But Jesus wants to break that yoke. Jesus wants to break that bondage. Jesus wants to bring liberty. Jesus wants to bring deliverance for us all in our mind, our spirit, our soul, and in our body. Jesus wants to liberate us and set us on a new trajectory to be the hands and feet of Jesus in in the world. Hallelujah. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? That's why we have community impact. That's why we are committing this summer to service of the marginalized, of the less fortunate, of those by which we need to show compassion in the compassion of Jesus Christ. We need to do it as a church. We need to do it as families individually, and we need to do it as individuals. We need, maybe we need to keep blankets or water bottles in our trunk all the time to bless the homeless and the people that are out there on the streets that we see on every corner. Homelessness used to be only in a camp here and there under a bridge. Now, it's not even on every corner. Sometimes it seems it's at every lamppost. Sometimes it seems it's at every tree down the block. Sometimes homelessness seems that it is is growing exponentially, that my heart breaks and I cry out and we cry out together and we're saying, God, what do we do? God, how can we fight this? God, how can we change this? God, how can we be the hands and feet of Jesus? And we're doing some things right and our heart is in the right place, but yet we have not fully enacted and fully understood everything that God wants us to do and understand and be. We sit on five acres. Thousands of people call this place their home. God's calling us to a greater commitment as a church, and you're the answer. We're the answer. We're we're the answer. We got to put our minds and our hearts together. We got to be one unit, one spirit, one body working together, and then God will work and then God will show up. And then God will do what he has promised to do only if we respond in humility and in action. Because action is the fruit of love. Not just words. Sometimes words can be the fruit of action because what we say is an action. But our words must not be empty. Our words must not be coming from an empty vessel. Our words must be coming from a vessel that's filled to the brim and overflowing because of the word and the work that Jesus is doing in our hearts. Hallelujah. I I remember just a quick little island. I remember when my father and my mother, when they were losing me, I was 13 and a half. I was 13 and a half, and I started experimenting with marijuana, started experimenting with alcohol, Started experimenting with spray painting and and defacing property. Y'all don't judge me, all right? Y'all don't judge me. I started talking differently, walking differently, acting differently. Pops was gone a lot. He was providing for his family, but my mom was like, Isaac, your oldest, he's changing. He's changing. He's a good kid still, but he's changing. Mom and dad just Turn the paradigm upside down. There was a big change. My dad started teaching courses at different times during the day. He was home more at our practices, coming to our games. He, was, he started saying no to all the preaching engagements and invitations that he was having around the world just so he could be home in time to come to one of our games, being here at church on Sundays, and, and be able to be more connected and involved with the family because my mom couldn't do it by herself. She was doing her best to hold it down. She was trying to spank us with wooden, with wooden, wooden paddles, and we were like, go ahead, mom, number nine, number ten, all right, you done? She's like, Isaac, you think I'm lying? That's my brothers. Pops had to change. Money wasn't going to buy us Anything. Back to the word. Verse 7, I'm going to repeat the first part. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? Is it not to share your food with the hungry? You see that person over there around the corner at the hamburger shack? You buy the number one combo for your kids, everyone. You order another one, and you go and bless them. That's what we do, right? That's what we do. You want to know why? Because there's a lot more where all that came from. God has blessed us with money and with job and with work so that we implement it properly and correctly and steward it. Because there's, there's more where that came from. Trust me, if you if, if, if you want to put that in To the test? Put it to the test. And see, you don't bless somebody, all of a sudden God blesses you with somebody else just so you can can go and give again and bless again. God's called us to be a blessing so that we can bless others. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? I'm praying on that right there. That's a tough one, isn't it? To provide shelter for the wanderer. That's a tough one right there, isn't it? Strangers, people you don't know, you don't know where they've been, you don't know what they do. I don't know. I'm praying through that one, and I want God to speak loudly and clearly as to how we Mission Ebenezer can be a part of that, that command. It may not be in our physical homes, but there may be something that God is calling us to do. It may be a portion of what comes in in tithes and offerings that God demonstrate to us how we're supposed to be utilizing that. I don't know. But God, would you speak? Because we're listening, Lord. Can I hear an amen? Oh, well, people don't want help. And people want to be like this. And people want to be like that. And people want, yeah, stop justifying your inaction. We got to stop justifying our disobedience. God's calling us to do something, not nothing. He's calling us to do something. You go to Pedro; it's just like downtown L.A. Skid Row. You go to Wilmington. You come to Carson. You go to Lomita. You go to Long Beach. It doesn't matter where you go. The homelessness and the situation that God is calling us, the church to fix, to, to bring solutions, to rectify is right here. It's at our doorstep. It's around the perimeter of this church. We see it day in, day out. We feed the homeless. We give water to the homeless. We give showers and baths to the homeless right here. We bless the homeless, but I know God is calling us to do something more, and I'm praying that God would show us what that is supposed to be. I know we got a preschool and we got to protect the kids and we got to protect the family. But but God, would you speak and would you show us, Father, what we, the mission, what we, the people, are supposed to do? Lord, we're listening and we're not just talking. When you see the naked to clothe him or her, yeah, give that $100 jacket right to her. You can buy another one. Oh, but it's got sentimental. Give it to her. Give those Air Jordans right off of your feet to the brother. Because you could buy some more and you can go in your socks, pull up to your own house, walk barefoot into the front doorstep, into the front door if you need to, and bless that person. Bless that man. Bless that woman. Bless that, that woman with three or four kids. Yeah, but they're gypsies, Pastor. Well, bless the gypsy family. Yeah, but they're ripping people off over there. Praise God. Do what God is telling you to do, but do something, please. God's calling us to action. He's calling us to move. We could come up with a whole lot of good excuses, can't we? We're good at that. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear Did you just hear that? Then the light will break forth like the dawn. I want the light of Jesus Christ to be and go with me wherever I go, including the house of God. It says, and your healing will quickly appear. What healing? Well, you name it, there's your healing. Is it is it in your family? There's your healing. Is it in your child? There's your healing. Is it in your relationships? There's your healing. Is it in your body? There goes your healing. Is it in the church? Is the church fractured? Is the church divided? Is the church reeling? Is the church hurting? Is the church in need of of, of reconciliation with one another and with God and with all of creation? There's your healing. God's just waiting for us. I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm just convicted. (laughs) Because now I can see everything so clearly. Now I understand why God has allowed so many things to happen, not just in my own life, in my family, in our church, but in the world. We've brought it on ourselves. We've brought it on ourselves. We've brought it on ourselves. We got all the answers. We got the, we got the teacher's addiction, edition book. We got all the, the answers to the test. It's right here. It's in his word. It's in his love. It's in our love. It's in our actions. It's in our obedience. It's in our listening. It's in our hearing. It's in our change. It's in our reformation. It's in our conviction, and it's in our response. Watch this. It gets better. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. He'll protect you in everything that you do when you give him your heart. And you say, God, I'm not holding back, but I've been hurt by that person, and I've been hurt in this situation. God says, don't worry. Trust me. I got you. Don't worry. Trust me. I got you. I want to give you deliverance. I want to bring you healing. I want to restore what's been taken from you and stolen and robbed and destroyed. Just trust me. Just trust me. But now I don't want to. I've been burned before. Don't worry about being burned. What's been burned can be raised back together, can be raised up again in a split second. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll make it better than it ever was before. I'll make it greater. I'll make it bigger. I'll make it healthier. Just trust me, God said. God said, just trust me. He says, I'll protect you. I'll build. I'll tear down. I'll build back up. I'll build more. I'll, I'll duplicate and multiply what you've allowed me to do in your life. So people can see that there is a God. And he's a good God. He's a loving God. Look at verse 9. Come on. Turn your head right there. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. How many of us are... I've been wondering why when we call God doesn't hear. Then when we call, he'll hear. He'll answer. You will cry for help and he will say, "Here I am." Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, watch this. With the pointing finger and malicious talk, sometimes we don't even realize the words that are coming out of our our mouth. The man or the woman who is dirty on the outside may be cleaner than a man or a woman who appears to be clean on the outside but has been ravaged, whose heart is dirty, whose heart has been broken on the inside. The very fruit of our lips will be revealed by the way that we talk, by the way that we act. God said, stop the finger pointing. Focus on you, my people. Stop the malicious talk. You're tearing down. You're doing more destruction, and you don't even realize it. We're tearing down our own people. We're like a disease that eats up ourselves from the inside out not from the outside in. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. And you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. How many of you want to be repairers of broken walls? How many of you want to be bridge builders? You guys, the younger generation... Watch this. The younger generation, they don't know the Word of God like you. But they need you to open the Word of God and live out the Word of God so that they can reconcile and marry their convictions and their spirit because of the brokenness that they've experienced and seen in the world. But they're waiting for us to marry the two ourselves first. Why should I want anything to do with the Word of God, they say, if my parents don't live it out themselves, but can recite everyday scripture in the Bible. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about us. Somebody say us. It's up to us. We got the answers. We have the spirit. God's bringing the conviction. There's a new day that is dawning at the mission. We we can't speak to what's going on in the world, but we can speak to what's going on here with us first. Amen? If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath, Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, that means get your rest, people of God. And if you honor it by not going your own way and not going and doing as you please or speaking idle words, Then you will find your joy in the Lord. Somebody say joy in the Lord. There it is. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land. And to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. You know what he means right there when he says I will cause you to ride on the the height of the land? You know what it means? Then you'll be on top. Then you will enjoy the fruit of the land. God will supply your every need. God will fill your bank account for whatever he calls you to do and how to use it. Not so we can sit on it and just get rich. You can't serve God and money. We can't serve God and money. 1 John 2, 15-17 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love the love of the father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world. The world and its desires shall pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Watch this people. Watch this. Can I be for real? Can I be for real for real? We're doing the construction project here and one of the crews had been working from 7 in the morning until 10 at night. There were two days. I happened to come back one evening and I saw the same guy who came to work that morning still there after 8 o'clock at night and I said something not right with this situation. So we were first thinking, oh, it's a security issue and the gates and who's going to lock up and all this stuff. And then the Lord halted me and he paused me. And he says, that's not what I'm trying to show you. I said, okay, Lord, what are you trying to show me? He said, Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. And I was like, "Ah, okay, Lord, what do we do? He said, call the contractor and let him know that they cannot work after 5 p.m. But I know what he's going to say. But we got to get this job done and we're on the contract to be paid at Every completion of the the four different steps in the project. God said, then give him the first portion that they need and tell him to send his workers home and let them come back the next day to work, a regular day's work. Because I want them at home having dinner with their family and playing with their kids and enjoying a warm meal. So I called him. I said, hey. Hey. God bless you. How's your day going? Pretty good. I don't know if this is a word for you or just for me or for both of us. But God put in my spirit to end the workday at 5 p.m. because your workers need to be home with their families. And We're going to give you this amount of money so that you don't have to feel that you're a slave to the almighty dollar. And also continue the vicious cycle in all of your workers. Because they believe in what you tell them. They can't get paid until they finish that job that they got to do. I said, I believe God is teaching me a lesson. And I I don't know if this is a word for you. But if you receive it, you can receive it. God spoke to me through Isaiah chapter 58. And you can read it on your own if you'd like. I'm not trying to teach you a lesson. I'm not but I know that God's teaching me. He said, amen, pastor. That day, his workers left at five. He came and he picked up your hard-earned tithes and offering to pay his workers so that they can go home and have dinner with their children. I said, thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. The same day, the carpet company came in to continue working and, and, and tearing out the old carpet and bringing in the new. God said, what good is it to take out the old and put in the new if, we're, if you're still doing the same old thing? I said, dang, Lord, the lesson's not over yet. He said, you see that young man right there? I said, yes. He said, go talk to him and ask him when did he start work and what time he's going to finish. Oh, Yeah. What time did you start? 7 a.m. today, bro. What time are you going to finish Till I get this job done? My boss said he'll pay me for two days if I get it done all today. I go, yes, that's what I thought. I said, you can't work after this time today. If your boss has any problems, you let him know we talk. His boss called me. I said, hey, how's it going? We're trying to finish that job and we got to do this. I said, yeah, but here, I cannot become complicit. I cannot be a part of a failing system of love of money and the church be the center of it all. So you guys need to finish. She says, can can we just finish by 8? I go, no. I said, okay, 6. You guys finish at 6 every day till the job is done. But you guys want to know what God revealed to me? The people that work those kind of long hours, the ones who are exploited by those who are exploiting, the ones who are exploiting have been exploited as well. They just don't understand. But the guy who's working 16 hour days, the guys are hooked on meth just to make it through the day, just to get paid to go and get high again. And when they work their six or seven hours a week, they go and they get plastered and they get drunk off their you-know-what just so that they can remain sane because of the mess that their life has become. They have no relationship with their kids. They got broken relationship with the, the mothers or fathers of their children. And the cycle is vicious, and it keeps going on over and over and over and over again. And the workers come in of your house and my house, doing remodeling and reconstruction projects, and their jaws are gritting like this, and their teeth are worn down because of the addiction to meth And, and 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 inability to sleep. Because we've created it, but we gotta change it, and we gotta create boundaries. Come on, people of God. Come on, people of God. Yes. 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 We got to open up our eyes. Must not be blind to what God is showing us. We got to tune in. as the word of God is speaking. People of God, go ahead and stand to your feet. People of God, stand to your feet.